Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of That's Entertaining. This episode, we'll be discussing Black Widow, the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Disney Plus Universe, as it could be. Uh, and we will be, uh, you know, kind of chatting this one up. So again, this is our second episode for August. So hopefully you enjoyed Loki. But now we're turning our attention over to Scarlett Johansson and her prequel-ish movie. Uh, <laughs> we, we know how her story ends, it seems. Um, but, you know, they, uh, they're giving us this movie where it kind of tells an in-between story for her, um, giving her more backstory or kind of fleshing her out a little bit more. And we'll kind of discuss what we thought of that as we continue on. So, Justin, what did you think overall of the presentation of Black Widow? Did you see it in the theaters? Did you watch it at home? Uh, what'd you do? I enjoyed this one at home. Yep. Um, I share a Disney Plus account. Um, do not turn me in. And um, so we went, we went, you know, we so we just both, we paid half. I, I gave him 15 bucks to pay for half of it. And uh, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. We've got the popcorn out, did that whole thing. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy the option to do it because I'm not quite mm-hmm. ready to go to a theater yet. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. How about yourself? How did you watch it? So I watched this at home on my nice little, you know, Dolby vision 4k TV with Dolby Atmos making my home home theater experience here. Just, just it was perfect for me. Uh, I yep. didn't have to worry about, you know, anybody coughing in, in an arena or anything yep. like that. Um, but I did, I have gone to one movie theater experience so far, but I waited like a week and a half or two weeks to go see it, like in the middle of a day on a Tuesday. Uh, I went and saw the, the Furious 9. Oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. that was. Fast no, 9. F9, the saga or the Furious saga or something like that, whatever they call it. There's uh, a mixture of letters or numbers and Fast and Furious somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, or Family, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's the only movie I've seen in the theater so far. And again, I, I did not go and I would not go yet to an opening night movie, but this, I did obviously watch opening day because I wanted to avoid as much spoilers as I could. I pre-ordered this on Disney plus actually as soon as I could, uh, just in case they decided to, you know, decide not, not in case they decided to take it away. Maybe there would be less incentive for them, you know, not to take it away. I don't know. Uh, and we see like this this lawsuit that's kind of popped up because of the whole Disney Plus thing too, and and Scarlett Johansson supposedly having a contract where she gets compensated based on the number of box office tickets. Whereas if you look at the intent of the contract, box office ticket is probably also including Disney Plus tickets, which I guess her lawyers are probably saying that they could have had more Disney more tickets if that wasn't for Disney Plus. But I would say, based on the numbers that they've said on Disney Plus, it was pretty pretty good it sold pretty well and so if they still give her the same cut of what they made on disney plus as they would have over the general box office i think that you know they'll be fine they'll probably settle out of the court uh we won't hear a lot of this and there'll just kind of be a much ado about nothing at the end of the day in my opinion uh as a third party looking in obviously but as as a fourth party really looking in (laughs) so yeah Yeah. um what's your take on that whole situation yeah that was definitely like a like a small black cloud over this, this movie um it's dis this is the first time we've seen anything like Disney Premier Access, really, with them. I mean HBO Max is doing 
I mean, I guess you could say the same exact thing for HBO Max, but they're not they're not even they're not charging any extra. If you're considering compensation and what they could possibly pay, you know, their actors, Disney Plus is at least charging for opening, um, you know, weekend movies. So presumably, and I think they said in their counter, you know, statement to her was that she will be getting some money for Disney Plus. Um, to, you know, I, it's it, it seems to be some sort of not ticket based thing, but um, some sort of compensation. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just the first one to happen, and actors and movie studios are just going to kind of figure out where to go from here. Um, based on this one case so yeah um you know yeah if they were expecting more money i'm sure um you know pay them because disney definitely got the money back oh, yeah. you know, so disney they they like like we said they got their money back on this and i think that you know it's a it can be a precarious legal situation sure but as a person with two kids at home and you know even in non-covid times i would pay the 30 bucks to see this anyway um so i've done this now three times so i I did it for cruella first and i did it for um black widow second and then i did it for jungle cruise which you know we were just kind of sitting around one night here this weekend and uh you know we were just talking like do you want to see it and we showed the the trailer to my son and he wanted to watch the movie so we got it uh have, have enjoyed that one as well um so you know, all in all, I mean, we've only not done premiere access for, I think it was Mulan and Raya were the only two that we did not, which, you know, I still wouldn't have for Mulan or Raya, you know, not knowing anything about them before. But after after watching Mulan, it was fine. It wasn't really that great. And then watching after watching Raya, we really liked, liked Raya. So that one we actually had, had we known how much we would have enjoyed it, we probably would have done it with that one too. But anyway, I am rambling. What did you think about this movie? I liked it a lot. Enjoyed it a lot. Definitely shouldn't have, should have come out way sooner mm-hmm. before Endgame and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, would have fit better. Felt Would yeah. have fit better, yeah. Yes. Because um, there's even some parts of the movie where you're like, wait, did that happen yet? Or did this happen? Where, where are we at in the timeline? Like she's kind of talking about her history and it's like, it's so hard to remember back to like the civil war era of movies, which is where, you know, it's like, I don't remember the specifics where like who's locked up where and stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely wish the movie and just to do her, you know, this feels like an afterthought when it literally comes out after the whole first phase of, you know, or whatever of, of the MCU. Mm-hmm. It feels like after that, when it just comes out later, yeah. um, when it should have come out in the, when it was actually, you know, timeline wise. Um, but besides that, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good film. Um, I like the new characters that they introduce and great action. Yeah. I would say I enjoyed it, and I don't really know where I would rank it in in the pantheon of Marvel movies. I've only seen it one time so far. I'm, I'm planning on watching it again, but I've only watched it the once time so far. Um, but you know, overall, I, I I like the Black Widow character. I like Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of that character. I always have. 
Um, I like the addition of this this new cast and her her sister. Um, yeah, uh, I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head. Florence Pugh. Yeah, so she does a really great job in this movie. Yeah. And then, like I love how she does the whole like you're such a poser thing, you know? Oh yeah, um, her her comedic, um, like rep, you know presentation of this movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's hilarious. She was that. I mean, and the movie gets pretty dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least they don't like outright show some of it, but like there's some really messed up things in this movie. Um, so to have her comic relief was like really fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets pretty dark pretty early to be honest. Yes. Like, the opening yeah. Almost sequence. immediately. Yeah. 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 Uh, which reminded me, this opening sequence reminded me of, of born a little bit, like the, the born movies, the born identity. Oh, yeah. 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 The way it had like the a chase sequence and, and like the hand to hand, the close combat. Uh, we see her character, chasing down along with some other other black widows chasing down another black widow that has gone rogue um and uh, this other character has you know this this antidote that she sprays her with which kind of uh, she she discovers that she's been you know chemically altered to obey these commands without being able to you know have her own free will over what she wants to do which in itself is a uh a commentary on a lot of things uh, <laughs> happening with like the Me Too movement. Even the, the bad guy that they cast in this in this movie looked a lot like Harvey Weinstein. Um, <laughs> if you if you look a picture of of these two characters, like or of him and this character, the bad guy in this movie, face to face, definitely some parallels there. So there, we see the 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 organization, you know, that is the Black Widow. They're basically just programmable killing machines. Like go through this this process, and through the opening title sequence, we kind of see little glimpses of what that process entails and what it goes through, and the things that they've been involved in through the years. You know, different you know heads of state that they've met with, and different like presidents, and um, different. Uh, I think they even showed like a scene like on the grassy knoll with JFK and those other things. So throughout the years, we're meant to believe that these these this organization has existed and acted in some capacity along the way. And we get sent into 1995, if I remember correctly, which, again, a lot of things in the MCU happened in the 90s. Like, the 95, I think, is also when uh, Captain Marvel takes place, if I'm not mistaken. So it's in that time frame. But we see a young Natasha Romanoff and her sister and her quote-unquote mother and father, uh, which obviously... This whole family unit, as we find, is is just a facade. They're all just kind of like agents together. All of the kids haven't really been activated yet, um, but you know it kind of helped the the whole process for this because they wanted to shield this. They wanted to steal this shield data, which remember at that time was actually Hydra data. So there's a lot of things kind of how this plays into the whole MCU. Um, yeah. But what did you think of this this opening sequence, this 1995 area? Oh, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely like uh, reminded me of like the, the Americans, the TV show, mm-hmm. of which was a very similar, you know, based on um, you know Russians living here and pre- pretending to be a happy family and just here to steal secrets. So um, it was pretty cool. Uh, it reminded me a, lo- a lot of like brought in some like Captain America vibes of mm-hmm. like the whole espionage and stuff. So very cool. Yeah. What's interesting is we find out that this these characters are there, the the male character, which 
is played by the guy from Stranger Things, whose name is escaping me at this point. Um, David something, right? Not David Hater. <laughs> That's Snake. That's all it's Snake. Snake! Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's played by, by him who's from Stranger Things. Uh, and that's probably where he's most well known. And he was—he was also in one of the Hellboy remakes, I think, as well. Um, he was, yeah. But he is actually a super soldier. So we are introduced to yet another super soldier in the Marvel universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, because uh, we were introduced to, to another new one with you know all these people in in the um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show. David but, Harbor. David Harbor, thank you. So we see him. He is he is from the the Russian side. He is their version of a super soldier, and he is sent to be undercover and not acting as a super soldier for some reason. Um, and I guess his whole mission is to you know complete this, and he wants to get back in the suit. He wants to be that that Russian version. Is a Red Guardian? I think it was Red Guardian. Uh, well, he wants to be back in the suit so he can be that character again uh, and help, you know, lead Russia out of this, you know, the Cold War kind of lead them in from the new era. So we see them complete their mission. You know, the mother gets shot as they're trying to fly this plane off. Then Natasha has to get in the seat and help help them take off. And then we see them fly off. Uh, and, uh, you know, this kind of begins the whole the whole film. And we're transported in time up to present day. Well, technically not present day. This would be just after Civil War, like you said. So between Civil War and Infinity War, which I think is probably around, what, like 2016? Uh, yeah. So like about 21 right. years later or so. And that's when, you know, she's being hunted down because she she acted against the Sokovia Accords. So she's being hunted down by... General Thunderbolt Ross, uh, which is, you know, he was kind of like the foil in the, in the first movie. He's telling, or in in Endgame, no, in Infinity War, he was, you know, telling uh, War Machine to arrest them when they come in, and he's like a yeah. hologram and everything. So kind of interesting to see him, you know, actually doing that, acting out as, as the person hunting him down. Him actually having boots on the ground himself is kind of funny because you don't, often think of that actually happening in the real world, but in the comic book world, I guess it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, what do you think of our scene, our introduction to the more modern day or 2016 version of Black Widow that we'll see the rest of this film, and, you know, how she interacts here, what she does? Yeah, um, it's just cool to see her start off immediately remind you that she is very good at espionage, and um, she's you know, the smartest person in the room, especially, yeah, I mean, this general in particular, kind of the foil um, most of the time. Like, he's not, obviously, this, he's not portrayed as being extremely smart. Um, but, yeah, either way, very cool to see her tricking them and like, oh, she's already halfway across the world or whatever. You know, got him. So, mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very well done. I appreciated the way that they, they edited the scene. I thought they you know, had, had a good payoff there because, I mean, you knew that she wasn't going to be there by the time they all got there because she was five steps ahead of the whole situation. Yeah. Um, but she is able to kind of get away and has her contact that has supplied her with some information and some housing and, you know, the even her old mail from Budapest. 
Budapest? Budapest? Bud- Budapest? Bud- I, I can't say it. <laughs> have, however it's pronounced. Um, yeah. And one of those it's things... Buddha. <laughs> One of those things being this this anti agent, this this um, the serum that is able to free these black widows' minds from the mind control that they're under, which we we see revealed that you know she's on on her way to town and then she gets you know, accosted or attacked by this van, and we see our first image of Taskmaster in the movie. What do you think of this opening battle between Taskmaster and? Um, Black Widow. Task so Taskmaster. I know. I knew from. I actually found out about him through the Spider-Man game that came out a couple years ago for on PlayStation. Um, I I wasn't aware of the character at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a. They did a great job showcasing what the character Taskmaster is is all about with like showing the different how like it would immediately switch between different fighting styles that we've already seen in the MCU. Different um, Avengers. Copying, yeah. Um, all the different Avengers. So um, that was really cool. Um, and, you know, obviously um, it's kind of like mysterious, like who's behind the mask is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the mask obviously stays on until late in the movie. And, you know, you don't really kind of question it until, probably about the midpoint of the movie was kind of when I kind of started to put it together and figure it out. Um, but that is a, a character that is, is revealed later on to be the bad guy's daughter. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know if it, I, I think it might be in the fir- very first scene at some point, something comes on, on her, on the screen and is like, Hey, don't worry about her. Get the, get the, uh, um, antidote. Um, so it's like, okay, this, well, he's being, he or she is being controlled is what you think at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was cool to get the reveal later on. Definitely kind of reminded you of like a Terminator vibe in, in the way where like those little, the, the, the directives come up on the screen. Um, and where in, in the, like the Terminator movies, I think they had like the directives show up there and, and you could kind of see that. So it definitely, and wanted to evoke that a little bit, I think. Um, this opening fight was was pretty well done. Obviously, I so in this movie, Natasha is not a super soldier or is not a superhero, <laughs> but there are so many times, at least like three times in this movie, where she has these falls or these like these impacts that would just kill a normal person, but she's fine. Like she's not even limping afterwards. What do you think of of our uh, nimble or agile or cat like Natasha here? Well, it's the it's the superhero uh, fall, right? The or the the landing. <laughs> you, you, when you touch off and all, you know they make they literally make fun of it in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like long been known. Uh, it's been a thing for a long time. Like, why do all superheroes land in a some sort of weird way with their fists or something? That must be the trick. Maybe we we've been doing it wrong our whole lives. We we need to start learning this technique. Yeah, I guess I've been falling, you know, mostly on my side or my butt the whole time. Maybe I just need yeah. to start falling on my knees and, and one arm only. Yes, yep, yep. Make sure you get one good fist down, then you'll be good. <laughs> then 50 feet, 100 feet, it don't matter. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind the next time I drop 50 feet. Um, yeah. So I thought that it was a pretty pretty clever, you know, reveal and then um, uh, a way to introduce this character as well as, you know, the Taskmaster. 
And then she finds her sister. I think she goes back to her safe house in Budapest, Budapest, wherever it is. And, uh, and uh, you know, she, she sees that the door is opened and goes in there and they have this little, you know, friendly fight, I guess it is. I don't think they were either of them going to tend to kill the other. It didn't seem very friendly. It was, I kept waiting for it to turn more friendly, mm-hmm. but they kept going at it, at it, at it. And I was like, oh, they're going to, like, kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell they were both well-trained. They both know what they were doing. Um, but I think, like, if there was, like, lethal intent behind either of them, they probably could have ended it quicker, yeah. you know. Yeah, But uh, I think that, you know, they just wanted to show that these two are, are of equal caliber, of equal quality. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think they did I, a I good think, job with that. I do think Black Widow, she wins, you know, te- technically, um, which, you know, it's but, – but, yeah, that's – Obviously, the point is like, no, she's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could she be the black next Black Widow? We don't know. Hopefully, she is. I think she's a great character to have on board. Yeah. Um. So you know, then she reveals to Natasha this whole plot uh, that that she's uncovered with these the serum and everything else that's involved and. And how the Red Room is not destroyed. She thought that she had destroyed it. She thought that she had ended the whole program when she, you know joined uh shield with with clint and they you know they decided or they reveals that is it drakoff yeah i think the bad guy's name is drakoff uh he is not dead and that the red room has just been transformed into a hovering base essentially um that is that actual piece that the red room being a base is revealed much later in the movie but they decide they have to track it down and have to figure out what's going on and they figure that the best person for them to do that would be the person that posed as their father, the Red Guardian, who is, for some reason, in prison in, well, like, maybe was it Russia or, you know, somewhere in Siberia, in, something like you know, that, yeah. Somewhere in that center of the world. So they have to go break him out. And we see, you know, him, you know, arm wrestling some guys. We actually see him arm wrestling a guy who is uh, actually in the comics, like a mutant bear. Um, like he can turn into a bear, like this big guy. Oh, really? So nice. just kind of some ancillary context there, which is kind of cool. But uh, he, we see him, you know, kind of just living the prison life, getting his mail. He's still kind of, you know, reminiscing or remembering that he, you know, the, the, the super soldier life that he once had. And so we see him be sent the little toy of him. Of course, he presses the button, puts the earpiece in, and uh, he has walked out of prison with with some... You know, a big action sequence. Um, the line that I love from this whole sequence is there's two things, and they're both delivered by Pew. Uh, you know, you're such a poser, again, because she's, you know, Black Widow does the whole three-point landing thing. And then the other thing was, we, oh, this would be a cool way to die when she sees the, when she sees the avalanche coming at her oh, yeah. in the helicopter. Yep. Um, yep. Dark sense of humor for yeah. sure, which is funny. Yeah. Anything stand out to you in this sequence? Oh, the whole thing was great. Um, I like that they show the, you know, David Harbour's character, like the Red Guardian is like basically being a joke. Like he's mm-hmm. both awesome in prison. Like, he, you know, he's just there. Like there's p- people like I think rubbing his shoulders or something or take care of him somehow. Um, but then also showing that he's also extremely disrespected. So, mm-hmm. um when he's making up stories like there there is no possible way that he like interacted at all with 
Captain America because Cap was frozen in the 40s and wasn't thought out until like you know 2010 ish, and he's been yeah. in prison ever since you know uh, the early 2000s or the 90s. But it's kind of funny, like those the stories that he was trying to tell and pass off, and like you calling me a liar. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was pretty hilarious. All of his parts were pretty funny the whole time. And, mm-hmm. like, they were trying to get him, like, they're like, why can't he just jump up? Or he couldn't escape or whatever. They had to, like, help him. So mm-hmm. um, that whole scene was really cool. Yeah. You could definitely tell, like, he's he's not been using his super speed agility or anything like that in the last, you know, few years because he's been in, in prisons, prisons, prison, I can't talk, serving his sentence. Printance, that's a weird word. So um, we get out. Obviously, then then he says, "Oh, I don't know anything." It's uh, it's it's the mother unit, the original, you know, part of the original group of Black Widows. She knows what's what's actually happening here, and so they have to now go talk to her to figure out what's happening. Uh, they you know they meet her. She doesn't seem the, the least bit alarmed or surprised that they actually were there. Although she says later that she did alert the Red Room that they were there, but she had a change of heart. Let them know. Uh, what what do you think of our introduction of her and and the little fight sequence? Uh, I was very um, I was very confused the whole time because yeah, like she was like not freaked out that they showed up, um, but uh, so I didn't you know it's like back to the, like the whole espionage movie thing, the spy thriller. It's like who shot whose side is she on? Um, I think we're led to believe before they get there that she still works for him, but um, I'm not sure. Um, but I did really like when they finally all get together and it's like, we're a fake family, but we're going to act like a family. And, you know, we got, we had to comfort the girls. Uh, it, it was pretty, I like that whole scene. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the scene and the acting again from Pew, you know, it was real to me and, you know, her whole part in this, this particular scene was great. And then, uh, it was a nice callback to earlier in the movie when the Red Guardian goes and talks to her in her room and they, they sing that song that she was liking, American Pie, at the beginning of the movie. So I I thought it was good. It was very effective, very well done on that side of the house as well. Um, and you know what's interesting? So if you do have this on Disney Plus and you want to see a cute little, not cute, but cool little detail. Um, so when the mother, well, I'm just going to call her the mother, was talking with Natasha in in the closet you could see like there were you know the the weapons and everything and you could see originally there were like those two masks in there later okay. on when they show that closet again those two masks are gone um so just kind of showing that little bit of a detail of of uh of what's coming next because uh, we see that uh they do make it to the red room and the mother is is thought to you know have completed her mission and brought them back up and she goes and talks to Drakoff who, you know, is able to figure out and, and senses pretty quickly that this is not the mother and this is indeed Natasha and takes the mask off and we realize that those two switch positions, switch places, um, and their their plan begins to unfold on the floating fortress that is known as the Red Room. And we also find out at this time that Taskmaster is indeed Drakoff's daughter, that she did not die in the explosion but she was injured pretty much, needed to be, you know, needed to be held, re, re-healed somehow back into health and have this chip implanted into her, which allows her to remember any move that she can see and copy it perfectly. So that's what makes her such an effective asset and fighter. Uh, 
anything stand out from this scene, this the whole Red Room sequence to you? Just, yeah, it was good to have MCU movies back. Because, like, you know, it's like a huge set piece and, like, so cool. And, like, yeah, a floating fortress, basically. And um, I like the whole story of Taskmaster's char- character of... It's someone that Black Widow actually chose to disregard her life, basically. Um, She was, you know, six years old or whatever. I don't know know the exact age, but very young child. Um, Basically, Black Widow decided that she was going to die. And um, so it makes sense. So them fighting, you know, totally makes sense. And Mm -hmm. um, the the Red Guardian fight scenes reminds me a lot of... um, even though it's not as as minuscule, but like reminds me of uh, in Iron Man. It might be the first Iron Man when Happy is fighting. Or it might be Iron Man two when they introduce Natasha. Um, when Happy Logan is fighting the one security guard while Black <laughs> Widow um, takes down like twelve other mm-hmm. security guards. Um, it's just kind of funny. Like he's got this one taskmaster he's fighting the whole time and he's not even doing that good of a job at it mm-hmm. but keeping him at bay which yeah. is pretty funny yeah but um yeah but then we get into the whole kind of final confrontation with Drakoff. um and i thought that was all very creepy that, that actor is very good at being creepy mm-hmm. i'll give him that um and but it was really good i really liked that whole scene and um, the revela- revelation that Black Widow knows what she's doing and knows how to get around his trick, um, his pheromone trick or whatever mm-hmm. that protects him by um, breaking her own nose. So that was really cool. Yeah, and again, the parallels to the whole Weinstein thing is, is uh, again, evident here. You know, um, the pheromone thing, you can't hurt me because you're so close and all this other stuff. And then you also had the other, uh, you know, he... <laughs> they wanted to kind of take a jab at, you know, how weak this person is really because like he couldn't even break her nose with normal punches that she was trying to get him to do. Right. Like yeah, over a yeah. set of like three or four punches, you're like, you, you were too weak to even break my nose. And so she has to break her, break her own nose. Yeah. Um, which, you know, allows her to, uh, you know, harm him. And evidently Pew, whenever, you know, her character, she, she's the actual one that ends up killing him. Because she blows up the aircraft that he's on, evidently her character could not smell him <laughs> wherever she was. He, he she wasn't downwind, so I, I guess that allows oh, her yeah. to, yeah. to harm him. But uh, that whole scene then that you know the, with the the ship blowing up and everything kind of just like falling was really cool. Again, it's it's nice to have MCU caliber CG on on display. Yeah. There was there was like one like maybe like two minute session of time when everything was falling apart and breaking when like i thought the cgi actually looked kind of bad really and i was i was like huh this is weird um i don't know if anyone else noticed it um you'll have to let me know the next time you watch it but yeah i just i noticed like a nosedive in the cgi department all of a sudden um and i was like this doesn't even my wife you know noticed and she doesn't really pay attention to like the graphics or whatever she's just she's like this looks different I'm gonna blame it on buffering on your end. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I didn't didn't really notice any any you know decrease in visual fidelity for me at that point. It was looked pretty decent on my end, but uh, I mean it's definitely possible. 
Um, but we, we do get down to the ground. She has this final battle with Taskmaster. She has this um, vial that she was trying to inject to her, but she ends up just punching it. And then Taskmaster can smell it and realizes, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And um, then all of the other Black Widows decide to show up and, and like, hey, we're good now. Like, where were you guys like five minutes ago? Um, yeah. But they all decide to show up there and then the Taskmaster leaves with them. And uh, the general that has been hunting her down since the beginning of the movie has finally caught up with her. And then we see two weeks later, she's fine. She's free. She's she's out doing her thing. She's going to go head out in the Quinjet to go break out Steve. Not Steve, because Steve's not in custody. She's heading out to go break out some people um, from from the uh, the raft. Yeah, that's why I can't remember who's where and at this point in the story. Yeah, so I think the people that are in custody are like Bucky, um, Falcon, Ant-Man. I can't remember who else. But definitely those three were, were in custody on the raft and they got bro- bro- broken yep. up. And then we see another skip forward in time to present day uh, where Pew is at the grave site of one Natasha Romanoff. Which was, you know, a reminder of, hey, this is actually, she, this character is dead. Um, yep. And I wondered, I, w- I did wonder, because they did this little thing where she did this little whistle. And when they were younger, the other one would whistle back. Um, and I wondered if we were going to hear that whistle back in any sort of way and then, like, fade to black. Um, but no, we, we did not. Uh, N- N- Natasha is dead. And this is, you know, a, a sentimental part for, for her, paying tribute to her quote-unquote sister. And then... We see a character that we've seen once before in the Disney Plus Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, Contessa Allegra de Fontaine. I think that's her her whole name. I couldn't remember. Um, I she has a different name, like a short, like a like a nickname, right? Like a it's like Madam something. Madam Hydra is what I I think you're thinking of or yeah. pulling for in there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what they've, they've in the comic books, traditionally that has been Madam Hydra. Who knows if that's what they're doing now in the MCU. Yeah, because we don't they're know. taking yeah. liberties, like look at the Krulls, right? Uh, yeah. The Krulls. Yep. So I, I definitely am interested to see where, you know, they take that character. She says that it's Clint's fault that she's dead, which, you know, not a hundred percent inaccurate, but not really true. So it's definitely yeah. an interesting hook. Um, and we will evidently see this story play out in a Disney Plus series that is coming out with Hawkeye, uh, which looked pretty good. And I don't know when that's coming, but that looks like where we're going to see a continuation of this particular storyline. Yeah, so, for sure. overall, Justin, thoughts on Black Widow? Overall, great to have MCU back. Um, it was definitely an MCU movie. It was fun. It was funny. Good action. Um, I like the character a lot. Um, I'm really glad that she finally got her spotlight, you know, um, her time in the spotlight and they did a good job of showing off that even though she's not a superhuman, she's does some pretty incredible things and she's definitely a superhero. Um, and they set up Florence Pugh to to take on, maybe take on that mantle or a similar role at least with um, the side story with, uh, you know, Madam Hydra or whatever her name's going to end up being. So I really like it. It's probably like a middle-of-the-road MCU movie. I wouldn't know where to rank it exactly, but not the best, but certainly not the worst. Yeah. 
I'm right there with you as far as the ranking goes. Uh, definitely in the middle. Probably, I mean, if 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 50% were like the middle, this would be above 50. But you know, it would. It's definitely like better than like the f the first two Thor movies, and not as good as like the Infinity War, Civil War, Winter Soldier movies. You know. Um, but so definitely middle of the road, which is not yeah. bad because these Marvel movies are all pretty good. Um, I would take any Marvel movie, to be honest, over a lot of other you know, just entertainment <laughs> yeah. options out there. Um, so I I like that we have this extra story. You know, it kind of gives an option, then they've done this now, that they could do this for other heroes. You know, they could always go back and tell some sort of origin story like they did with, with Captain Marvel or they go do one of these interlude type stories that they did with with uh, Black Widow now. So um, definitely, I would like to see Florence Pugh's character, you know, in the future in movies as part of like the Avengers or the New Avengers or the West Coast Avengers or whatever they do. Yep. Yep. Um, and I would like to see what happens to this these this army of Black Widows now that they're they're liberating and trying to free and, and how that struggle goes. I would like to see a black widow movie kind of about that, you know, Florence, maybe leading that group of people trying to go liberate them all and, and, you know, see what happens along the way. So definitely enjoyable. I, I watched it. I do not at any, you know, I do not at all regret my $30 purchase to, to see it on, on Disney plus. Uh, and I would gladly, you know, do it again if given the chance. So, um, if you agreed with our opinion, you can obviously find us over on Twitter at EntertainingPod, at Voice by Nathan is where you can find me. Justin, where are you? I am at Justy Pickles on Twitter. There you go. You can find us. Let us know how wrong we were, or if you if you agreed, you know, let us know. All right. Like. Yeah. So that'll do it for August. So now that you have had a chance to, you know, listen to a couple marvelous episodes. Uh, our next episode will actually probably be another Marvel episode, if I'm a betting man, because our next Marvel movie is coming out here in the beginning of September, and that is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And, you know, I have to be 100% honest with you. I don't know much at all about Shang-Chi. I know more about the Ten Rings than I know about Shang-Chi. So, um, looking forward to it. It looks pretty cool. The trailers look really cool. I've, I've only seen like one or two of the early on trailers. I kind of tend to, to stay away from trailers now as yeah. we get closer to yep. movies. Um, Give away too much. Yeah. Like if, I'll be honest, if this comes out on Disney plus as an option, I'm going to do that again. I, yeah. I don't know if I'll see it day of release. Um, but hopefully within the first week I can avoid any spoilers, but you know, that's going to be hard. Marvel movies, you've got to try to get there pretty soon, but unless you just want to like avoid the internet. So anyway, that'll probably be the next uh, on the agenda. So look for that in earlier, hopefully in September. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we thank you for listening and we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>